Good morning, church. We are so glad and we are so thankful that we can still be here together. And we believe that as we come together, as you come into this place, his grace will flow to every one of us as we hear his word. And I pray that it's his spirit himself who will minister to every one of us because we really need the strength from the Lord. And the message this morning is be strong in the Lord. Actually, this is the theme for the whole year from our main church, from our senior pastor. Be strong in the Lord. Why we need to be strong? In Ephesians 6, which is the last chapter in Ephesians, we see that there is a command that we are to stand firm. So we are to stand firm, stand fast. And let me read from 6 verse 13. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. So why we need to be strong? Because we are going into times where there will be a lot of storms, there will be a lot of shakings. And it's exactly just as God says, that whatever can be shaken will be shaken until what is left is his kingdom, which is unshakable. So our world, even our physical world, as you can see right now, we have a lot of earthquakes happening, lightnings, a lot of things. It seems like the world is shaking. And we as the church of God in these turbulent times, God wants you to be strong above everything else. And when you read here in verse 13, take up the full armor of God because this life that we are journeying is not a cruise ship, but we are in a warship. When we are not being alert, when we do not realize where we are, we are in great danger. But when you know this is the map, this is what's happening, then you are being prepared. And you are being uh, commanded by God. We have to take up the full armor of God so we will be able to resist. But after all this spiritual warfare, after you've done everything, that's the most important. After you've done everything, are you still standing or are you fallen down? You know, just, um, just this last week, I heard this scripture but it just really struck me it says the day of death is better than the day of birth this is contrary 
to what we experience, right? When we have a newborn baby, everybody is smiling. When we have somebody passed away, it's like mourning. But the scriptures say the day of death is better than the day of birth. Now you can meditate on that. But one of the things that I got is on the day of birth, it's like somebody is born still with blank pages. However, whatever you want to fill your life, we don't know yet. But on the day of death, sometimes we see a lot of people crowding into the funeral home. Why? Because they feel the kindness of the one who's deceased. They feel there's something that they share in their life. And how our life impacts others. How we sow goodness and kindness. How we invest our time. We invest our prayers, our tears, our love. And that brings to the end, the day of death. And it's going to be much better because the name that you have is already bringing such a fragrant aroma. So the end of our life is very important. Are you standing firm after you've done everything? Do you still stand firm? Now we see that in the Ephesians, this whole letter it's interesting because there's one and until three key words that we see that Paul is talking about. The first, he talks about sitting, sitting with Christ. And the second, after you sit with Christ, you have to walk your life. How you walk, your walks should be in accordance with your calling. If you have a high calling of God, your walk should line up with your calling. Sometimes we, being nice and kind on Sundays, but Sundays is not more important than the other days. How we walk on Monday until Saturday is important. How you walk in your house is as much important as how you walk outside. And lastly, it's about standing. Now the question is, if you want to stand firm, if you want to be strong, what makes you and I strong is our foundation. Some of the buildings that we see, if you only build one story, two stories, well, maybe the foundation is not that expensive. But if you want to build a high-rise building, the higher it goes, the more expensive it is in the foundation. 
because the foundation will determine the strength of the building. If we really are being serious about how we stand, then we need to be serious in our foundation. What people do not see underground, what you do behind closed doors will be your foundation. Just like us, like those of us who minister to God, if we never meet with God behind closed doors, how can you minister? Truly, before the living God. And it's not only us ministers, but every one of us. When we don't have the foundation, the storm will come and it will expose what kind of strength do we have. The rain and the storm and the problems, the adversity will expose what kind of foundation you built. So this morning we will see how we can be strong by knowing four things of what God has done. And I will do expository um, teaching this morning from Ephesians 2, verse 1 until 10, and we will look portion by portion. So number one, let's read from verse 1 until 3. It says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course or age of this world according to the prince of the power of the air of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. So number one, if we want to be strong, we need to know this one and foremost, God's love and he says that we were dead in our sins and trespasses just like the rest and this verse also explained in verse 2 how that uh, this all these people the sons of disobedience when we choose to disobey then we enslave ourselves to the prince of the air we become slave to the sin. And we become slave also the more we committed that sin, the more we committed. And the bondage is becoming stronger and stronger. And this is not only what happened in, with our naked eyes. In verse 2, it says, all these people, as we were before, we walk according to the age of this world. So we need to know what kind of age, what kind of times and seasons 
we are now living in the world. And if we see this world is spiraling down in morality, in the values. So when you see that, that's the age of the world that we are living with a spike in violence, in crimes. So we need to know what's happening. And this is not only what's happening here, but also what's happening with the unseen world. It says, according to the prince of the power of the air. So there is power in the air. Because man fell into sin, then we read the air, the prince of the air, which is the evil spirits with the devil. Because men and people give them power. By committing sin, we give them power. So we need to beware that we are living in this increased evil activity, which is in accordance with the power of the air. So there is no wonder when God says, you have to take up the full armor of God. And of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. So friends, when you know this, may God open up the eyes of your heart to see that your warfare is not against flesh and blood, but our warfare is against spirits. So when you see your families being attacked, when you see your children, when you see your family members being attacked, don't just compromise. Don't just analyze it with our physical eyes. You need to know what is going on. In order to win the warfare, you need to know. And there are all these spirits. Jesus calls unclean spirits. And when we open the door, we open up just an opening. What is an opening? When we sin, we open the door. When you repent, you close the door. When you are being angry, when you are being upset, when you keep disappointment in your heart, that's all open doors for the devil to go in into your family, to go in into your life. So we need to repent. We need to close all the open doors. And we need to watch out what kind of spirit is attacking my family. You need to be the guardians of your house. We need to know. We need to stand in the gap. And many times, whoever is weak in the family will be the easy target so it's time to rise up stand in the gap for your loved ones for your family do not let the evil spirits and the devil 
just wreak, wreak havoc in your family. You have to stand up. And he says in verse 3, we too, we all, we all the same with all these people in the world who live in the lust of the flesh, indulging the desires. The desires is not only of the flesh, but the desires of the mind. You know, this kind of the thinking, the way of thinking of the world. When you follow that way of thinking of the world, then that was, it's supposed to be your old life. Our thoughts, our way of seeing, our way of thinking should be renewed. And we need to be reminded that we were formerly the same. This brings humility. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Right? So we should have the same attitude. We are not condemning the world, but we are reaching out in love because we were the same. We received the grace. So that should remind us to be humble. In verse 4 and 5, this is the turning point. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. So number one, you and I should be strong when we know the love of God. But God, even though we were dead in our sins and transgression, our spirit was dead to God. We were not connecting. Because on this part, when we were in sin, we cannot connect. But when we were dead, God reaching out to us. And God is being rich. What he has shown you and me is not Okay, I give you a little love here and there. I'll help you a little bit here and there. When you know the love of God, He loves you all the way. He loves you even when you were still sinners. So the call of God from this place is for sinners to come to the love of God. And we pray that this love is not only what you hear, but you experience it in your heart. You experience the love of God washing all your minds, your heart is being washed with that streams of love. And once you know this great love, you will never be the same. If we are still dealing with a lot of disappointments, pain, hurt, 
it's time to come to the great love of God. The only place that can bring you deep down in your foundation is when you have that experiential knowledge of the love of God. then you will be immovable. Whatever sickness in your body, in your mind, in your heart, God's great love will be able to heal. Even though the world says you are trash, you are useless, when this great love comes into your life, those voices of the world will become distant and distant. And the love of God that says, I have loved you. From the very beginning, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And I will never reject you, even though your father and your mother may reject you, but I will never. God says, I will never. So when you experience the place of rejection, when you experience the place of wounds and pains, that's a good place where you can run and just throw yourself into the great love of God. This is free, but you need to run into his love. And this number one, so very important. If you want to be strong, you know, who is the last one who will stay in the storm, in the troubles? The last one who will stay is the person who really proves that he is in love, right? If you don't love, then you just run because there's trouble. You run. But if you say, I love you, Lord, whatever happened, because you have loved me first, this love will make you stay no matter what happened. Continue in verse, we repeat verse 5 and we read 5 and 6. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we will be strong if we know what God has done in our lives. What God has done will give me faith, will give me strength to stand firm now. And what God has done will remind me that in the future, He will also be faithful. And what is His doing in these two verses? It says, God made us alive 
Remember, we were dead in our sins now. God made us alive. But He did not only make you alive. Just open your eyes and be like a vegetable on the bed. We were dead and now we were alive. But it's not only that. He raised us up. And what's interesting about these three verbs in the Greek, all these three verbs starts with preposition, soon. Soon means together. So what God has done in our lives, these miracles that He brings us back to life, is only possible because He's done it together with Christ. Made us alive together with Christ, Raise us up with Him. Seated us with Him. So this is interesting but because it's very obvious in the original language, all these verbs. It will not happen if you are without Christ. Cannot. Only happen if you surrender your life with Christ. You truly live your life when you die to yourself and live for Christ. So he made us alive together, not only alive, raised us up with Christ, but not stopping there. We are being invited to sit together with Christ in the heavenly places. There is one scripture that says, if you have been raised with Christ, then you should be thinking about the things up above, not about the things of the world. So once we are being alive, we are being raised up, our lives and our thoughts should be above. What does God want me to do today? If somebody hurt you, how does God want me to respond? How does God want me to speak to this condition, to this situation? That's the thought that is connected to above. But it's very important for you and I to be strong. To sit from above. You know, when you sit on an airplane, your perspective will change, right? Your house becoming a dot. Your world becoming so small. So when you sit with Christ in the heavenly places, your problems, the things, the challenges that look so big here on the earth, the moment you come and sit with Christ, you see, oh, that's easy. God will fix it. God will take care of it in its time. So faith comes through your mouth. You start to speak. My family will be protected. Because I have a big God. 
there's all these problems, all these storms. It just, it will pass. We can see from heaven's perspective, this is only for a short period of time. Do not give up. Don't be hopeless. There is hope coming on your way. When you sit with Christ, then you start to see how God sees your life. Let's continue verse 7 until 9. We should be strong in His grace. So that in the ages to come, He might show the surpassing riches of His grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. The third key to be strong, if you are strong in the grace of God. Later on, God says, in the ages to come, you will see. Wow. During those times when I feel alone, in His grace, God sent a friend. They just maybe give an encouragement and that picks you up again. Later on, after everything is said and done, you will see the details of your life, how God paid attention to your life. And He sends grace. Every day, He's giving you new grace to cope with the challenges of today. New grace. And He says, He might show the surpassing riches. You can feel that the Apostle Paul cannot describe with words. This is so great a grace. Surpassing is like beyond. The riches is beyond. How can I describe? This is innumerable. We cannot measure. Words cannot measure. Words cannot describe. The grace that God has. If it's not because of grace, we will not be here today, right? Through the pandemic, we are still here. It's only by the grace of God. And you will see later that the grace that is being given to you is grace upon grace. Grace upon grace. And how can we find this grace flowing through our lives continually? In Acts 20, when Paul is giving his farewell message to the Ephesians, he said, I command you, I give you to God and to the word of his grace. Paul will not see them again. He said, goodbye, church. I will not be able to support you anymore, but I trust you to the God and the word of his grace. And he continued, this word of his grace will build you up and give you inheritance. 
So how this grace can give you inheritance? So don't fight for your inheritance on the earth. Fight for your inheritance in heaven, which is greater, bigger, more glorious. And this grace will flow through his word of grace. You want more grace? Then we come to his word. The word of God is Jesus himself. And Jesus, full of grace and truth. The more you come to his word, the more you get, the more you receive grace. I just remember... After I read my devotion, and then later on in the day, I was having this inner struggle, having such a, you know, griefs, sadness. But then the word starts speaking to me. What I read in the morning, speaking to me. The Lord of peace himself will give you peace in every way. And when I hear that word, when I hear that promise, that word of God quiet the storm in my heart. The Lord of peace himself will give you peace in every way. That's how grace is flowing. The word of God will give you grace. The more you realize that your life is because of grace, the stronger you are. So someone who realizes that this is only because of grace is in the posture of humility. You know what happens when an earthquake comes? You have to. If you want to be saved, you have to do this. Even in an airplane, you read the instruction. You have to do this. So a posture of humility, the lower you come, the more you understand it's all because of grace, the saver you are. And the last one. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. You will be strong if you know his plan. Someone who has the map will be in a better place than, someone, than another person who doesn't have a map. So God is giving you a map. It says, we are his workmanship. That means God is your creator. He knows the purpose, why you are being created, why you are alive in this age, why you are being born in your family, why you are being born in your country. It's all in the design that God has for your life. And the creator God has a good plan for your life, good works in Christ Jesus. As long as you and I are willing to walk. 
the musicians can come forward. So when God already giving us here, my plan for you is a good plan, good future. So what would you do? Do you want to walk in it? Or you want to choose your own way? If you want to be strong, whatever may come, you want to be strong, stay in God's plan. Seek His will. And He will fulfill. It's His power that will fulfill His purposes for your life. Just like Paul said, His power that works mightily in me. That's the one that propels him to labor, to work for the purposes of God as long as he's willing to surrender. I invite you all, let's come into the presence of God. If you can, let's stand up. And let's say, hide me now under your wings. Cover me within your mighty hand.